Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Hey, good afternoon. Today is July the 2013. And boy, have we got a show for you today. I think maybe it was less than a week ago. I was um, on the Internet and a gentleman posted a, a picture. And it was a picture of this beautiful Puerto Rican lady. And the comments that came back just amused me because I, I think the brother was just attempting to start a bit of controversy. He said, do you think she's beautiful? Or something to that effect. I don't want to blow this. But it, I, it started out with, do you think she's beautiful? And just immediately, this woman was definitely beautiful. And all these brothers responded. And then someone sweetened the tea, so to speak, and bought in the issue of, well, do you think that black men are now uh, having a a new addiction, fetish, predisposition, lust, craving, whatever you want to call it, for Puerto Rican women? And naturally, I don't think it would. It was the equivalent of putting a hammock on an ant bed. I mean, the sisters came out the woodworks talking about. Uh, you know, black men uh, don't that they uh, don't like women that don't have straight hair. Then it came down into the play about fair skin versus dark skin and all of this stuff. So I just started thinking, okay, here we go, America. Have we lost our damn minds again today? Well, as this thing evolved, it's two days go by. This same damn post is still getting all of this activity, and now it has expanded from uh, this woman being Puerto Rican and did you like her picture to our black women running off black men and our women and uh, Anglo women and Hispanic women now thinking they're better than black women. And I got to looking at all this stuff. So I called the person that is the voice of reason of all people, my producer, Julia, and I asked, I said, Jay, what do you think about this? And she said, well, you know that there has always been this stratification within people of color about dark skin versus fair skin, meaning for you guys that happen to be Anglo and have no damn clue what I'm talking about, light-skinned folks versus dark-skinned folks, right? So what makes this so funny to me is that I am biracial. I did not say bisexual for you freaks out there, but I said biracial. Being biracial, I'm Creole and black, and I have some Hispanic blood in me. As a result of that combination, 
So I don't care who in the hell you talk about. It, you know, I can. I'm not going to say I get offended. I just tend to find out who really is an idiot and who isn't by what people say. But I just want to give you guys some backdrops here. Now, uh, miscegenation is when they had laws, anti-miscegenation laws, uh, up until 1967. The United States, and I mean, and I'm talking about this is so freaking crazy. Before 1887, uh, these laws were actually passed saying that if you were black and you married anybody that wasn't black. That's against the law. So a white person could not think of a Hispanic or whatever race. And then between 1948 and 1967, the western part of the United States, for those of you that thought California was so damn liberal, it actually wasn't. You know, there was all of this crazy stuff saying, well, you know, you better not mix uh, what they described at that point, Mongolians with whites and blacks with whites and et cetera. And after a while, I think America just finally came, started coming to its damn senses in 1967. A law was passed. The Supreme Court made a decision that said anti-miscegenation laws are unconstitutional. And with many states choosing to legalize interracial marriage at that time and at much earlier dates. So, you know, depending on the state, depending on where you were with regard to the Mason-Dixon line, these things probably did not affect you other than socially. So with that said, there is so much emphasis on equality, multiculturalism, interracial dating. Should this even be taboo? I mean, most people... Most, in my opinion, most intelligent people would outwardly agree that there isn't anything wrong with dating outside of someone's race. However, when it hits close to home, there are immediate shifts in this attitude. You know, the level of discomfort still exists within most families. As a matter of fact, I was at a very dear friend of mine's um, nephew's wedding this weekend, and one son married an Armenian, another son married an Anglo chick, another son uh, married a Hispanic sister. So within this family, or even in my ex-wife's family, I know uh, she has one set of cousins that I think it's like six of them, and all of them married outside of African-American Creole um, race. So, you know, is America just stuck on stupid or is it a fact that we still haven't moved forward? Well, here's the good part. On today's show, uh, Julia got some, um, <laughs> she just sent me this note, America, it's funny. She said, this is not the dark light show. This one is about women competing based on all categories. Uh, hey, I'm going there, I'm going there. Let me get out the doghouse real quick because I was using that as a foundation. But the truth is this. Ladies, I'm going to be real honest with you. Men are not that freaking intelligent. We fall in love with body parts. We like butts. We like boobs. Uh, and the words of one of my snaggle two brothers that's outside my little Asian friend's store, we like breastises. We like hair. You know, ethnicity and race come second to us just liking a fine-ass woman. But what I find disturbing is that women have started this feuding, uh, and I'm, I'm going to say it's really polite, but women have started this um, debate with between each other 
for men that, number one, ladies, let me give you a hint. If you got to argue over a dude, your ass is crazy. Because, one, you know, I, I know you guys outnumber us, in key, in, including gay guys and whatever, and guys locked up. You do outnumber us basically about 45 to 1, and, and then I'm using a conservative number because I'm talking about intelligent men that have most of their teeth that have an education and something to offer you that take a bath. You know what I mean? Just decent guys. But going beyond the fact that a lot of women are uh, uh, practicing to become a Jerry Springer guest, there's this other uh, undertone, this undercurrent of bachelorization between people having issues because um, – you know, he is, he's my man. I want him because he said he loves me, bitch, he doesn't love you, and all of this stuff. But I want to take this, and I really want you ladies to pay some close attention to what I'm going to say. There is somebody out there for everybody. And that's what today's show hopefully will end up being about. It doesn't matter if you date someone because you bought into a stereotype, that's you being stuck on stupid. But I can assure you there are Asian men out there that are not timid and are not punks like stereotypes would try to make them say, nor are they running around doing karate chops and sidekicks. As the stereotypes would suggest, Latin American men are not all lovers and not all Latin American men work with a lawn service. Uh, contrary, contrary to the other stereotypes, not all black men can hoop, sing, and dance and play ball really well. So I want you in this program today to take a moment and reflect what is driving you. What, why are you uh, so predisposed to thinking that men are dating outside of their race because they're getting away from you, the black woman, you, the Anglo woman, you, the Hispanic or the Asian woman, when in fact, to be honest, ladies, these men are probably just getting away from you. But with that stated, uh, we're going to probably take a bunch of calls today or at least a few. So if you have something to say about interracial dating, this, uh, this theme of men are leaving their race to go and find greener grass on the other side, I definitely want to hear from you. We uh, we have several guests in studio, but there are a couple of other things I want to talk about just prior to going to break, okay? Ask yourself a question. Are you embracing stereotypes? Are you, if you aren't an African-American woman, are you dating black men because of the myth that there's a correlation between the big hands and the big feet? You know what I'm getting at, right, ladies? Or are you in dating men or our brothers? Are you dating white women or Asian women because there's a myth that they're going to be uh, less confronted? They're not going to argue with you as quick. Are you going to find yourself in some situation where you have lessened the potential drama because our melanin content is different? Or let's take this a step further. I've heard a lot of brothers say, and this is so crazy, I don't want to date a sister because black women all wear weaves. I can tell you that is not true. White chicks are wearing weaves. Hispanic chicks are wearing weaves. And to be really honest, a lot of these things that we're saying that are superficial about people, uh, collagen in their lips, 
uh, Kim Kardashian with the alleged fake butt, and all of this stuff, is this really who we have reduced ourselves to? Well, we're going to get into that conversation and much more. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We'll be right back in about 60 seconds with our guests. Hang on. Talk to you in a minute. Young, and you're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Von Young. I have a, I, um, <laughs> this is so funny, I have a good friend of mine, Mr. Clark Garrison, on the show, and I want to first start this thing, since we're talking about men and the things that men like and what we're migrating, allegedly migrating to, uh, I want to talk to Clark. Clark, are you on? Doc, I am here, man. Thanks so much for letting me be on your show, man. Such a pleasure. Hey, I'm glad to have you here. Um, I know for a fact that you are not out available in the dating pool like the rest of us single guys that are still <laughs> searching for this right. But I just want to ask you, in your conversations with Brothers Clark, are you finding any truth in the fact that we are starting to boldly go where no brother has gone before in terms of looking outside of the chocolate's milk to find happiness, love, and those activity? You know, Doc, it's such an interesting topic, and I, I have to concur with that. You know what I believe is happening? It's the same thing that's happening on all levels of society is that the world is becoming global. And so with that, a lot of the old stereotypes are starting to break down, not just, I mean, economically, religious uh, stereotypes. Uh, You see a change everywhere, and, and of course, with that change, you're going to see social changes. And I think what we're starting to realize that if we are a global world and people are easily um, reached, communicated with through social media, I mean, you can talk to someone overseas just as easy if you can talk to the girl next door now. So it allows for conversation, which leads to dating, which leads to, you know, uh, relationships uh, to happen uh, more frequently and easily. So I think that's what what it is, man. I think brothers are just, you know, and I'm not limiting this to brothers, but since that's a topic, I think that brothers are just breaking down those barriers and saying, okay, well, what's wrong with dating uh, an Asian woman? there's very much a lot of similarities, and to be honest with you, the only difference is is, is race. You know, really, the only difference is what she looks like. And uh, so I think that's where it starts from. I think that it's just that we're all becoming global, and so we're reaching outside what normally would be a comfort zone. Well, well, here's what I want to say. I, I really think that if, just from what I've seen in my office, and I'm saying this, as a as a relationship expert and a holistic coach, 
I have uh, a very vibrant practice uh, that's in Hawaii, Houston, and 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 Atlanta, and and dealing with the people that come to my office that happen to be single, that happen to be males. What I'm noticing is the guys, and and, and let me qualify this before I even uh, jump and put this out there. Most of these men, ladies, are very very well to do in life. They're they're established. They're doctors. They're lawyers. Uh, hell no, I'm not running a dating service, so don't start asking me to hook you up with my clients. But but the point is is that it is hard for them. It's hard. Hell, I'm a single guy. It is hard for me to find uh, or to engage a woman that is really going to hold my interest. And I'm going to say why, and I think this may speak to exactly what you're saying. One, I need to know that if I take you somewhere with me, you're not going to embarrass me by saying or doing something stupid. So I'm not looking at your race. I'm really looking at your pedigree, and I'm looking at your your how you adapt to circumstances. And I'm saying all that to lead into that men, at least in my opinion, intelligent men, are looking to date women that are peers that uh, are in the same social, civic, spiritual and business environments that they're in, would you say that that's probably uh, more of a fact than fiction as it relates to who men are going after and the reason why men are now looking beyond that limited pool of a chick from church in the neighborhood and looking at a global (laughs) pool at the person that, you know, we actually are interfacing with in our day-in and day-out business lives? Man, you hit the head. Uh, you hit the nail right on the head because uh, 20 years ago, 20, 25 years ago, I'm just looking at my own lifestyle. You know, the people that I hung around, the groups that I was in, the church that I went to, the school that I went to, everything about what I did was African American. And so, of course, my pool, as you said, is going to be other sisters uh, who are out there. Um, but again, the world 25, 30 years later is so complex and diverse, and, and uh, there wasn't uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all of these other social medias and mechanisms out there like they work, like there are now. So now your churches are uh, a little more interracial, um, not a little more, a lot more in many cases. Uh, your, where you work is now you probably got to, if you if, if you sat around and you work in conventional corporate America and just looked at who's on your floor or who's in your office space, you probably got a very, very diverse range of women in there. So I think if you put uh, an African-American male in a situation where he's now not around just sisters and he's around everything in the melting pot, then those limitations are eventually going to come off because, you know what, he's going to start talking to uh, our white sisters out there and realize that, okay, they're down too. They got, you know, we have some similarities. You know, they are attractive, uh, you know, uh, outside of uh, any, you know, I guess uh, those old stereotype racial um, boundaries that we used to put up, you know, they were faux pas, you know, couldn't even look at one. All, All those things started coming off, man, when you have everyday interaction with with folks, and I think that's what's happening. Now, here's something that's unique, what I don't see happening a lot, right? And I don't know if we want to throw this out there, but the question to me would be, why aren't uh, African-American women on the same 
you know, really venturing out as much as the brothers are. I, that, that's an interesting conundrum that I really don't know the answer to. Well, I can tell you this. I just checked the statistics, and 22% of African-American men married outside of their race. And then I looked at another statistic earlier, and it said uh, in the last 20 years, black women marrying outside of their race went up 171%. Ah. And that's in the last 171%. So I don't think that this... I don't really think this thing is racial, but what I do think is that people that have limited venues, and what I mean by limited venues is folks that don't really leave their immediate neighborhood, the people that tend to find themselves in a situation where uh, their idea of going outside of the box, it's called uh, you know, uh, endogamy is the is the term where people have a custom of marrying within the limits of a local community or uh, if you want to really break it down, tribes. But what I'm thinking and what's come to my attention is white chicks like hot sauce too. Uh, you know, <laughs> brothers are starting to be So because we have gotten a new mindset, what I really think is happening is that people that aren't exposed, People that, uh, you know, I, I heard a sister make this comment. She said, well, I'm going to, if you want to find a black man that's still into black women, you need to go find your blue-collar brother. And I'm like, wait a damn minute. Most of my friends, and I have friends that do everything from astronauts, and I mean literally I have a friend that's an astronaut, all the way down to the dope man, all of these guys, and no, I don't buy weed no more, but all of these guys that I know, what they like is a fine woman, and they don't care what color she is. They don't care uh, if that's her hair or not. Well, I care, but that most men don't care. So my, I guess my next question, Clark, is do you think this has a socioeconomic uh, connection to the women that are threatened by men dating outside of what has been historically their race or their locality? Well, economics certainly have to play a part in that because just like you said, what economics do, the more you have, the more you do. Uh, in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, uh, it allows you to venture out in places outside, like you said, your community. So you start traveling more. You start seeing, you know, different states, going to different places, experiencing different events in your own city. Um, you you, um, you you become, um, I guess, more recognized, the, the more affluent and successful you are. So that brings you into a whole other atmosphere. Again, it, it's, it's locale. It's what you're exposed to. Exposure is everything. Um, so, yeah, I, economics will certainly increase, I think, if someone did a study on it, and I'm sure they have, the number of interracial relationships, and I, I mean across the board, not just African-American, um, in, in in society. It has to. I mean, if it makes sense to follow that theory. Okay, let me ask you this question, Clark, I, and I apologize for bumping into you on this, but i got to ask this question. Going into this next segment of this show, I have uh, some very, very dynamic women that are going to join this conversation. And, uh, you know, Rashi and Elise happen to be some beautiful, well-educated, very uh, successful women. And I, my, I guess the question I want to ask is, do you think that some of this dysfunction and some of this 
head bumping and what have you is taking place because some of these sisters are looking for external excuses for internal problems. Oh, yeah, well, see, you're going to get me in trouble, but, you know, we're, we can get in trouble now. I, you're, you're in uh, Houston, so whatever. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. To answer I can that say question, it's real, man. <laughs> to answer your question, man, I, I do. That's my opinion. I, I'm not saying it's the world's opinion, but I do. I think I think a lot of the headaches that African-American women are seemingly going through is predicated on a lot of external um listings that, you know, some of that stuff is uh, that whole, uh, what someone said to me once, it's that princess, uh, you know, uh, theorem, you know, that I grow up, I want a white horse, I want a, a guy, a, a, a cavalier prince to come sweep me up and, you know, take me off and uh, into the sunset and everything would be perfect. And I think when reality hits, you know, men, just as any other uh gender uh, have problems and issues and, and uh, deficiencies. And, and uh, so when you face those things, uh, you know, I think that now you become, you start bringing excuses like, oh, you know, I, they just, you know, they're scared because I make more money than them. I, you know, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. But people keep saying it, so I guess it's, it's going to keep getting traction. So I'd love to talk about that stuff when we come back. Well, I tell you what, I definitely, if uh, you can hang out for the le- uh, next couple of segments, I do want us to cover that uh, that very conversation because I think it is, it's really important that not just in terms of racial uh, divides and, and paradigms and what have you, but just in terms of common damn sense for a change, we need to really ask ourselves, what are we thinking and why are we thinking it? What is our definition for a relationship? Does it, is a relationship only valid if it's between two people of the same race or even going deeper, two people of the same gender? Is it really a valid argument when women start attacking other women because there is a preference, uh, especially a, pre- a perceived preference, let me put it that way, of someone wanting to look beyond their horizons and and get in contact with themselves through someone that they have more in common with. Well, if you want to participate in this conversation, uh, you can hit us up during our next segment at area code 646-478-5610. That's area code 646 646- Four seven eight fifty six ten. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young, and we'll be right back in sixty seconds. Dr. D. Von Young, and you're listening to Conversations with yours truly. 
Um, during this show, we're talking about a the topic and title of this show is The Boy Is Mine. The question is, are women of all nationalities competing for each other's men? Have women gotten to a point where they blame um, external reasons, body type, race, hair, for internal issues? Do stratifications cause women to make excuses for why a guy they may or may not have even needed doesn't want them anymore? Well, on today's show, we're going to pose the question of why women compete against each other. And, um, you know, if that competition even makes any sense. So at this point, I would uh, like Julia to introduce our next guest, and I'm definitely anxious. Julia, who do we have coming up next? Next up, we have the wonderful, amazing Miss Rashida Conde. Um, Rashida is actually a love and intimacy coach, speaker, and writer who guides women to embrace their sensuality. And her whole mission is to have women show up as sexy, audacious, and joyful in their relationships. And her tool is the use of sensual dance. And Rashi is gorgeous. Um, and she doesn't fit society's type of, like, you know, we all have to be a size two. She is her size and gorgeous and will rock a bikini in a second. So love to talk to her about oh, this topic. Man, this is one of those times I wish I was doing radio in 3D. Hey, uh, Miss <laughs> Rashida, how are you doing today? I'm are you? How are you? <laughs> Thank you all for I'm having great. me on Oh, man, it's, it's, it's really cool. I'm glad you're here. i got to ask a question. got to be nosy. I know every man in America and probably on a few of those little islands is list, just listen to that description. Girl, tell us what you're working with. I mean, give us some numbers, some heights, some, some dress sizes, so we can get a good visual on you doing some of this uh I don't know if you dancing and, and hitting a little bitty simple in between your thumb and your index finger, or you uh, playing on a pole. But give us the visual. Tell us how you look and what makes you non-conventional. Okay. Um, actually, I'm not going to tell you how I look because I think that's part of the conversation that um, that you've been having on this this show today is that women feel this need to have a, a, a comparison to what other women have they don't have before the reason why they are not, like, keeping in their lives or keeping whoever their partner is. I personally do not identify as heterosexual right, as a lesbian. So my partner is a female who actually is very masculine presenting. So, uh, I can still vibe with women who are, like, in love with their, like, their dominant um, in, in many ways, but I don't identify as heterosexual. And I I think that, you know, if anyone wants to, like, you know, learn more about the work that I do, you can go to my website at www.teaspleasureplay.com. And so what I do is not, you know, we, we've got, like, our society right now is definitely in, like, pole dance, exotic dance, fitness craze. And the work that I do with dance takes women through that journey of, like, exotic dance, but for themselves. For immediate, not immediately for the benefit of a partner or to keep someone around or to keep them happy. The benefit is really getting women back in touch with who they are, whose they are, and their their own light, so that they can start to that when they're walking throughout their entire life, especially they're working within their relationships. 
Okay, Rashida, you know I'm going to, you just basically screwed up about, I don't know how many men's poor uh, fantasies, but we'll pray for them. I got a bigger question for you, though. Do you believe that uh, since you said that you live an alternative lifestyle and that, that do you think these things play out in gay relationships about uh, someone switching it to another ethnicity or someone switching to another nationality? Is there the same dynamic? Because at, at the, at, I'm going to speak now as, as a clinician. Anima is definitely the feminine quality, and animus is the masculine quality. So in a lesbian relationship, one partner, I would assume, because I'm damn sure not lesbian, but I would assume one partner definitely operates with a lot of masculine energy. And if that is a correct assumption, do you think that partner has the same uh, vulnerability in terms of looking outside of that relationship um, that you would find in a traditional heterosexual relationship? Well, I think that that, that is very, I think that varies not just for relationships or gay relationships. I think it varies even for heterosexual relationships because that's an assumption that um, all men are dominant and in a heterosexual of a relationship, which isn't always true. There's sometimes there may be the woman in the relationship who has more, you know, masculine energy, not necessarily she's not, you know, masculine presenting in her gender performance, but the way that, you know, just the way that she handles things, she's just very masculine, and the man may be more soft, he may be more receiving, he may be a little more gentle. So across the board in all relationships, it's kind of varying. But my situation in particular my partner is masculine presenting, so I'm, you know, and I'm very much your, you know, your, your normal femme, you know, and so um, I think that there is uh, there is that that nervousness or anxiety that comes up of like, you know, like of that of your partner looking outside, like, oh, well, is there something else that I need to be doing, or is this uh, is uh, is is there another type? that you're looking for? Is there something more in women who are out here that, you know, that I may not have that you may, you know, like, like you know, want to have and, like, leave or whatever it is? But I think the root of that is this idea or this is, is the idea that in some way we're unlovable or that we are or that we have, that we have some story going on about the lack of love in our lives. And I think once through, like, through the classes that I teach, that's something that um, we definitely address specifically is getting women back to a place where it's like, I, all, yes, these little things are amazing, and they fill my life with so much love, but there's so much love that I have, like, already without these, these things happening that I can get in touch, and then it's like everything else becomes an overflow versus it being, like, first a relationship or a job or certain connections being the main source of my happiness. So it's like not placing that that um, joy or whatever like on the on the external. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a really tough question then. I've had a situation or several, and in my practice where I've had someone sitting in my office, and they are willing to basically reinvent themselves in order to keep 
keeps a relationship going. And in my opinion, going with somebody that I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw, I wouldn't fold up a paper airplane for. But you know, there there are times that I think that the some people's self-esteem is that if I just bend over backwards far enough, it will cause me to keep and maintain your attention. I don't think, just being really honest, that there's too much someone can do when the fit just is not natural. Would you agree with right. that? Or are, are you prone to say, no, you can elevate your game and get back into the competition? Yikes. So that I, that is definitely a two-part answer. The first part of this answer is, Uh-oh. Okay, is it me or did I, you just go blank? I think her call dropped. Okay, okay. Um, uh, I want to take that same question to uh, my other guest. Elise, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Okay, Elise, I want to ask you a question. Elise is with a very, very significant women's group, uh, Sexy After 30, who has a uh, massive, massive following on social media, and she's also a coach and, 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 and in practice. Would you agree or disagree with the assumption that this competition that women, some women, I'm not going to say all women, engage in based on body type, race, hair texture, is really an internal issue that no matter what you do uh, superficially, it's not going to change it until you deal with the real problem, and that's probably what's going on within self. Well, I can definitely agree and say that, and um, I'm also writing a book, which is entitled The Painted Mirage, and the book deals with these issues where um, a mirage is an illusion, and we paint these illusions of ourselves. We live these illusionary lifestyles so that we can fit into society or um, have the acceptance of others. It is my personal belief that um, a lot of women and men alike, they have these inner deep-rooted issues, and to camouflage them, these issues, they buy expensive clothes, they, they, they might fix up the outside, not realizing it's what's on the inside that counts. And speaking in terms of competition, I think the only thing you need to compete in is a sport. You shouldn't be competing with anyone regardless of race or, um, you know, whether it's um, whether it's homosexual, heterosexual, whatever it should be. If you love yourself first and you're truly confident with who you are, white, black, big, small, tall, whatever, you would feel no need to compete with anyone. And in terms of interracial dating, I've dated someone uh, for 12 years from another race, from another country, and it was very uh, cultivating and eye-opening to see other people's thoughts and perspectives. So I believe that it's 2013 and we're all a member of one race, which is the human race, and we should just love everyone and accept them for who they are. Okay, I, I want to take a caller real quick. Um, the first, if you have your radio or your computer on, please hit the mute button because we're getting feedback. Uh, caller, are you there? Okay, could you talk just a little bit? 
and use your computer or your radio. What is your name? Are you talking to me? Yes, I am. Who am I speaking with? I was just listening in. Um, this is Dr. Cat. I was just listening in to your show. Okay, Dr. Cat. Uh, is this? I think someone has a computer or a radio on. Please hit the button because it's causing feedback. Okay, Dr. Cat. I want to ask you a question. What is your uh, opinion of this? I can't hear you that good. Your voice is you feeding back, Doctor Cat. Turn the radio or your computer down. I, I don't have my computer on, but I can't hear. Okay, Hello? so give me give me your opinion on why do you think um, race is an issue at all? Um. I'm I'm not sure so much it's it's that much of an issue these days. Um because it's about happiness and success. You know, it's more of an issue from the outside looking in. More so than the two individuals. On the outside looking in is what? When for some reason, African American women don't don't like to see an African American man with dating outside their race. Most of them, not all of them, of course. And why do you think that is? Now that's a good question. <laughs> well, I tell you what, you think on it. I'm going to go back to Rashida. I think we have a back. Uh, Rashida, what is your opinion on this thing about well, before you, I guess you dropped, that this is really an internal issue, not an external problem? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Um, So, like I said, this like I said, we were just where we got, we were getting cut off. That it's a two-part answer. I do believe that you can up your internal game. I believe you can shift your perception. You can do more things to bring more joy into your life that don't have anything to do with like a, a partner or you know making someone else happy. And in turn, you begin to attract people who have the emotional capacity to match you. So I think that uh, you know women like you were explaining about a client who. Um, was willing to like do a complete reinvention of themselves, and not to say that there there's that there's anything wrong with growing with your partner. So meaning that you all are doing work together because you know all relationships are meant to heal us. We're supposed to you know bring like we face different fears that we've had in the past, and we learn to outgrow them. We learn to make different choices. So there's nothing wrong with growing with a partner, but when you find yourself like trying to make, a, you know, like a complete U-Haul of your life and your personality and the clothes you wear and the way you do your hair and how you do your nails and things like that just to, just to appeal to them, just to make them happy, then you have to question whether this person is actually there for you. And if if you in fact feel that they that they're that you're being asked to have this to do this reinvention, 
the answer is, is not that you are that there's something wrong with you or that you're broken or that you need to be fixed, but it's, this this person just isn't just isn't for you, and they don't have the capacity to love you where you are as you are. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's their own like that's their 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 that's where they are in their life. And if it's not right or wrong, it just is. If they just don't have the capacity to love you as you are. But there is, you are still loved, you're still lovable, and there is someone who does have the capacity to love you as you are. Okay, i got to ask Clark, because I know i got Clark, uh, Clark Garrison on borrowed time. Clark, in hearing all of this dialogue, uh, and I appreciate you hanging out because I know your schedule is really tight today. What is uh, an answer? What, what do you think? Um, what do you think we can do to um, to not end up in this same place again? Okay. Is it? Can you hear me, Clark? All right, I apologize, you guys. We, we, we're having, a, I guess, a technical issue with getting Clark through. But I'll take that same question, and I will uh, just pose it to my other guests. And, and what I want to uh, get an answer uh, from, that, uh, from Elise, what can we do, Elise, to stop people from being stuck on stupid? Well, I think the first thing is everyone needs to have self-awareness. And I think that a lot of people are too concerned with other people's business. I mean, why would I care if my neighbor is dating outside of their race? I should be more concerned with me and what's going on with me. And I think the problem is that when people become concerned with other people's affairs, they're not concentrated on themselves. As my grandmother used to say, worry about what's going on in your own backyard. So if everyone took the time to love themselves and concentrate it on themselves, and they, they wouldn't be worried about what's going on with other people. And the next thing that people need to know is it's not what's on the outside because I've dated men who were beautiful uh, on the outside. You would want to do or go anywhere with them, but it's all about what's on the inside, the heart that matters. So I think that we need to stop focusing so much on what someone looks like and more focus on getting to know a person, their character, something that you said earlier regarding a person, if you could take them anywhere. I want to I be able to be with someone where I could take you to the projects and we could sit on a bench and you won't be judgmental of my family, and then I can take you with me to an academic affair when I'm sitting amongst uh, people who have their Ph.D. So it's all about your character and your personality and your heart, not what you look like or what your race is. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this to both you ladies, and and I'm very um, interested in hearing your opinions on this. It is my belief that where we put our efforts is where we get our results. When we take the time to spend more uh, energy on superficial things and not on the substantive things, we end up having a superficial life. And what I'm saying by that is simply this. In the dating scene, and especially as it relates to someone going outside of their race, is that you may you may find that the things that are really attracting 
what we think are our men or our women, whatever the hell that really means, uh, to new experiences and to a, I think Clark said it best. He said the world is getting flat, and that does not mean the world is shrinking, folks. What that actually means is that because of the computer screen, that's what we mean by flat, that now you can log on the uh, on uh, and go online and you can talk to someone instantaneously that's halfway around the world. You can have a relationship and formulate uh, connectivity with someone that is more meaningful because, let's admit it, when we get in front of folks, people, if we're attracted to them, we're looking at their ass more than their assets, and we start thinking about things like what can we get together and do tonight rather than to getting to know you tonight. So because the world is changing the manner in which we communicate, uh, the way that we um, are having to respond to our needs and having to be more transparent because we can't hide behind that watch in that car anymore, uh, you know, it, it's got to be something that we need to examine. Matter of fact, speaking of examining that, um, uh, we have a caller, Montana DeLeon, on. Can we go ahead and get Montana on, Julia? Hi, hello? Hi, Montana. Hi, how are you? I'm great. You're on Conversations with Dr. D. Von Young. I'd like to hear your question or comment. So which, what's on your mind? Well, I, I was supposed to have been here about 50 minutes ago, and I'm just now being able to call and get my two cents in. <laughs> well, you well put it in, sister. Well, I, I, the last little bit that I, I did here was about um, the women dating outside of their race. I guess that's the topic of the day. Mm-hmm. And how do I feel about that situation? Um, to each his own. We as people should not date for color of skin. We should date for the heart, basically. Um, people that have a, a, a problem with this, just their own personal problem. Like, seriously, you really have personal issues if you have a problem with somebody dating outside of their race. Um, we can find love and happiness with anybody of any skin color. So race really shouldn't matter. Let me ask you this, because uh, Julia forwarded me some of your stuff, and I'm looking at your pictures. I don't think that if you were painted green, you would have a problem attracting or keeping a man. So do you think that there is a unfair bias to women that happen to have an advantage in terms of physical presentation over women that are, let's say, uh, not what is considered to be the norm and attractive, whatever the norm is? Well, let me say this. I know when you walk outside in your day-to-day -day activities, you see people that look from a, a, a rated 1 to a rated 10 in a relationship with somebody. So like they say, there's somebody for everybody. But what I do know is that there, there, there are levels to where people are in their lives. So I may be a very attractive woman, and the body is nice and in shape, and a man, more men may be attracted to me initially because of that, but if once they get to know me and my character is nothing, my morals are nowhere, my value is, is nothing, I can't keep him. Whereas if he mm -hmm. runs to a woman who doesn't really quite, you know, appease him physically but has that mental down pack and, and he just knows that she's going to hold him down, support him, uplift him, motivate him, inspire him, raise his kids, feed him, keep a clean house, you know, hustle, what, do what she got to do to add to the family, 
and he's at the level in life where this is what he values, a lifetime partner and not just a trophy wife, he's going to go for that. Okay, I'm going to hit you, and I'm going to hit you hard, Montana, so don't get pissed at me. Um, <laughs> if, if brothers were to look at your pictures and look at all of that, the average guy would be like, oh, wow, man, you know, I, I'm not going to leave that and start stuttering or whatever. But I'm a guy that before I was ever Dr. Young, I was in a gentleman's club business in Atlanta. And when I was in that particular business, I had money invested in that business. I, every day I saw about 100 of the most beautiful black women in America walking around with nothing on but a pair of high heel shoes. And most of those women could not keep a man or they had issues with the man that they had. I'm going to ask this question to all three of my guests, and I would like you to answer it first, Montana, and then I would like Rashida and Elise to answer this in this order. My question is this. Why did your last relationship end? Oh, my husband didn't know how to come home. He didn't know that you're supposed to wear a wedding wedding ring. He didn't know that you were supposed to come home and spend the night at home every night. And he didn't know that you were supposed to cut off every other woman that you were talking to uh, before you got married. He didn't know that. Okay. Let me hear your answer to that question, Elise. My last relationship ended because he didn't understand my worth until I was no longer with him. Like I said, we were from uh, two different countries, two different cultures. And it was a lot of stereotypes. And it wasn't until I had the guts to walk away uh, that now he appreciates who I am. You know, they say you never miss your water until you see it in another glass. So Let me um, ask you this, Elise. Oh, hang on, Elise, hang on. Back up, mm-hmm. back up. Where was Uh-oh. dude from? He was from uh, the Middle East. Okay, he's from the Middle East. Did you have any of the, because uh, I know women love the tall, dark, handsome Middle Eastern man, but after you got to know dude, uh, did some of the stereotypes associated with Middle Eastern men wanting their women to be a little bit more subservient and et cetera, et cetera, did any of that start coming into play or was it just on a human level that you guys had issues? Um, it didn't actually start to come into play until, as far as the subservient issues, until until we st- uh, until we started to have children together. I actually have two children as a product of that relationship: a eight-year-old girl and a, a three-year-old son. And it was um, a lot of the stereotypes where you know I, I was uh, the black girl, and you know the whole stereotypes about black women being lazy and uneducated, and now I'm a college professor and, you know, I have my own business and I'm writing a book. So it wasn't until that he was able to see me independent on my own doing for myself that he started to see that what his family said about me was not true. So, you know, I I, I just have to say this is the fact that when they talk about a lot of people don't want to date black women and we're to this and we're to that, a lot of times men say they want independent women regardless of what their race is, 
But then when you get an independent woman, a lot of men can't uh, uh, can't handle that, the fact that being with a woman who's determined, who's goal-driven, who is who doesn't settle because that's exactly who I am. But one thing I can say that I did learn as a result of that relationship is always be your own boss. I learned a lot of things about different cultures and family values that we have lost in our African-American community as a result of slavery and being brought into America. So the relationship wasn't all bad. I did learn a lot. I have two beautiful, um, healthy, intelligent children. But um, I just think that it has a lot to do with stereotypes, and stereotypes kills a lot of relationships. Mm-mm. People okay. kill yeah. relationships, not even stereotypes. People's mindsets in general kill relationships. My husband was Nigerian. His mindset killed our relationship. Well, well, I'm not going to – I'll just say this to my Nigerian brothers out there. Y'all some unique cats. Anyway, uh, I do want to ask this question. <laughs> and I, hey, no, no, I don't want no damn email that do not write me, I swear. I'm going to do it. Uh, but I do want to ask this question to Rashida. Rashida, have you been on both sides of the fence where you dated men and women, or have you always been uh, gay? Uh, yes, I have dated men in the past. Um, and, oh, yeah, so that's that's the answer. <laughs> okay, so here's my question. I, I was hoping that you would say that you've had the sweeten and unsweetened tea, and there's reason for it. I want to know: Is there really a difference in the and the the things that you think you're gonna escape because you switch genders? Because in my opinion, I'm totally heterosexual. So for you brothers in Atlanta, don't don't start getting any ideas. But the, I do want to just ask: Is there? And I believe that I'm gonna be right. When you're dealing with a human being, you're just dealing with a human being and the problems that people have are the problems that people have and it has nothing to do with gender. Yeah, absolutely right. So what, if there was any advice that you were going to give, you know, because we're coming down to our last ten minutes here, if there was any advice that you were going to give us, Rashida, because I think you're looking at this thing from more angles than most, what would you say to people that they need to really focus on in order to position themselves to be secure in their relationships so they don't have to worry about if someone's switching genders, races, nationalities, or whatever else they could switch? I would say to develop a very joyful relationship with yourself and to learn how to forgive people because we're all growing and we're all making mistakes and we're all bumping into one another as we try to figure out what it is that we want and how we want to create our lives. So it does us it doesn't do us any good to harbor the same feeling or the same um the guilt or trying to, you know, project guilt onto other people or even onto ourselves for the mistakes that were made and just, uh, you know, trying to let some of that stuff go, let let all of it go. Hold on to the lessons that you learned, hold on to the joy that you felt, and let the pain of, of it go because you don't have to hold on to a memory bank of all the pain you've experienced in your life in order to move forward or in order to do things right or better. And so I, I feel like if we 
you know, we learn that, learn the process of forgiveness and continuously practice it and begin to, uh, you know, allow ourselves to develop a joyful relationship with us, we will see all of our relationships to people, to jobs, to projects, to things, to everything that is in our in our world, we'll see those relationships transform. Hey, that's some great commentary. I want to thank my guests. I guess Clark Garrison had to get out of here, but I definitely want to urge you guys to tune in and listen to Clark Garrison's show. It's called Conversation with Clark Garrison, uh, Sundays at 4 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Uh, you can find him on uh, on Blog Talk Radio. Likewise, ladies, would you, uh, I guess, starting with you, uh, Rashida, then Elise, would you give everyone a way to get in contact with you? And then after that, uh, I would like for you to do the same thing, Montana. So go ahead, Rashida, what's your contact info? Absolutely. Um, again, you all can reach me at on my website at www.teaspleasureplay.com. You can also find me on Facebook using my first and last name, Rashida Conve, or you can use the hashtag Summer of Sexy and all of uh and my page will show up. So it's the pound sign and then Summer of Sexy all in one word. You can use that as a hashtag on Facebook or Twitter. Okay, thank you. And Elise, what about you? Hi, you can uh actually check me out on Facebook. The Facebook page name is uh the gift of being me, all one word, the gift of you type in the gift of being me on Google, it'll automatically come up as my Facebook page, and you can just go on and follow me from there. Thank you so much, Dr. Ivan, for allowing me on your show today. Oh, thank you. And Miss Montana, how can you cause brothers to get heart attacks? <laughs> they got to meet me in person for that one, but... Uh, <laughs> To find me online, I have a website. It's Love Some Montana. It's L O V E S O M E Montana, like the state. Love Some Montana. Um, but to get to know about me, where I used to be, and where I am now, just Google Montana Delion. Well, okay, that sounds hot. Uh, America, I want to leave you with a parting thought before we wrap this show up today. You will never, I don't care how long you live, how much money you get, or where, how you go about reanimating your entire composition, never, never, never will you find an external solution to an internal problem. It all begins with you. Men are not leaving you ladies, whether you're black, white, green, or yellow, for someone of the opposite gender or for someone that's uh, got a different melanin content or hair texture, you're probably leaving them because they either didn't, they weren't meant to be with you to begin with or it's just not a good fit. So if you really trust God, let it go. As long as you hold on to a dysfunctional relationship, you're making four people miserable, you the person you're with, and the two people you are destined to meet. This is Dr. D. Von Young. I will see you guys Sunday night at 730. And if you can't find nobody else to love you, you love you. Have a fantastic week. See you soon.